<clears throat> so today we're going to talk about the fact that we are on loan to the world. We are on loan to the world. And this world is not our home and we know that but proving it every day sometimes gets to be a challenge for people because this world even though we uh, can get a, a sense of uh, some somewhat of comfort living here we we are citizens of certain countries we have certain uh, um, well, I guess you could say traditions there are communities that we live in and, and ancestry here and things of that nature we really <coughs> are not here on a permanent basis uh, whether you know the Lord or not you're not going to be here forever and so we understand that but we we uh, also as believers are not really of this world we're not citizens of this world uh, we don't have a kinship with this world anymore it's it's kind of fading away whatever attachment we have to the natural self is dying the Bible says that uh, there are older man is perishing our inner man is being renewed day by day so the inner man is really what uh, brother Hagen used to refer to as the real you this is who you really are this is the 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 bulk of your substance is spiritual and so we are spirits but we live in a flesh body and we live in a world that is more or less uh, this flesh body is more or less accommodated to the world but we are actually citizens of the kingdom of heaven and so as such there's a purpose for us to be here so uh, we're on loan to the world Uh, you know when you were saved if your only purpose in having the born again experience was to take you to heaven you would have left a long time ago you know you'd have left when you were saved but Jesus prayed a prayer that left us here in the world and that lets us know that there is an intercession that has been laid down for us to stay here (laughs) or we wouldn't be here I'll tell you where I'd be I'd be out of here and uh, if it were just for you know the sake of loving God and so forth and so on uh, you know you're you're hungry for your heavenly home I know that the the longer I live for God the hungrier I become for heaven is my home you know I mean that's this is true I when I was younger like y'all some of y'all most of y'all few y'all whatever it is not picking on nobody's ears or nothing but uh i didn't think so i thought oh boy that's kind of you know made you scared to think about heaven but more and more the longer i live for god the more comfortable i am with the thought of living in heaven living eternally with god and that's a good thought the bible talks about those who who long for his appearing who long to see christ and so there is a part of us that knows that it's going to be a good thing when we get to heaven it's it's going to be a blessing it'll be a crowning and so the more i think you're in tune to your purpose being here while you're on earth and being aware that this earth is not your home you keep a greater heaven connection we just keep it there's a, an attachment there uh, that is very very much to you when you pray you're connected more to heaven when you intercede for people you're connected more to heaven there's so many different things when you pray for people and you in god does a miracle for them you're definitely connected to heaven that that wasn't you doing that that was god and so there are many many connections that we have to heaven and, and god is is helping us to become more and more acclimated to heaven as our home 
But in knowing that there is a certain thing that we have to keep in mind about living here on earth. How do we live on earth? What do we focus on? What's important? What's not important? All of those things. So those are the things we're going to talk about today. As we understand why we are on loan to the world and what that means in our everyday life. So in John chapter 15 if you want to turn there uh, this is one of Jesus' prayers. And uh, these prayers are recorded and I thank God they are. Because I would imagine the bulk of his prayers were never recorded. If you think about it, he spent time with the Father. In in uh, sometimes he would run off from, from the disciples, and uh, so that he could go into his personal closet and personal relationship with the Father. But there were some public prayers that he did as well that are recorded, and this is one of them. Uh, so in John 15, I think I'll start around verse. Um, 18 uh, he's talked in up until this time he's talked about the relationship between him and the father and those that he will choose and so he's talking also about uh, abiding in him and how we will be branches of a vine and this branch is going to bring forth fruit so there you see one of the purposes for our being on loan to the world and that is to abide in Christ as the vine to draw sustenance from him to draw strength from him to draw nourishment from him uh, to draw uh, the things that pertain to eternal life from Christ and, and that's, that will be a true vine it will be a vine that will never be uh, shut off from its source a true vine is one that holds steady it's strong and it's sure and so as we abide in him and uh, find our comfort and our security in God and in his word then that that fruit that we bring forth will remain Amen. And and Jesus said, if if a man does not abide in him, uh, he he will be eventually uh, discarded. You know that 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 branch that you were attached to is going to die off. I mean, you being the branch, you're going to die off from that. He said. But if you remain in there, he said, you're you'll be my disciples. You'll be my students. You'll be the ones that I gather close to me, and you'll learn from me, so that in this life you can bring forth great fruit for my father so he wants us to be productive in this kingdom that that we are ambassadors from and members of and then down in verse 18 he says something else he, he talks about love and, and loving one another and, and how we're going to remain faithful to him uh, he gives us the greater love and then in verse 18 he flips it around he says the world is going to hate you he says if the world hates you though they're not hating you because of you they're hating you because of me and so here we find a a personal detachment from a lot of the trouble we find in the world see we we got to understand that you as an ambassador for Christ are not responsible for much of the difficulty that happens in your life I'm going to say it again because see people the devil we allow the devil sometimes to condemn us for for misfortunes mishaps all kinds of things that happen but this is part of the the fruit of the hatred of the world for the church and the hatred of the world for God's people he said will be persecuted in this life persecution really is not just somebody uh 
threatening to chop your head off because you don't worship Allah like they do. Most of them people are just murderers and thugs. You know, you give them something else to preach about, they pick that up too. But the thing of it is, persecution comes in the form of God telling you that you're the head, not the tail, and you get picked over for a promotion. Hello? Part of it is, is you know, when you speak to people about God, they quit calling you. They hang up on you and don't want to talk to you anymore. We've all been through that. But there is a, a oftentimes a very subtle thing that works in the form of persecution. That if the believer is not aware that these things are related more to the fact that God lives in you. Than it has to do with anything that you quote unquote do wrong, did wrong. I mean there are some things we're out and out wrong. You understand what I'm saying and get that out of the way between you and God don't let that stay there and don't try to defend yourself like you never do anything wrong but the major that we receive comes from this factor here is that he says in verse 18 if the world hates you you know that it hated me before it hated you so this is like a hereditary hatred that the world has for God's people it's always been there it's always going to be there he says if you were of the world then the world would love its own so all the sinners kind of like each other and hang on together until the believer shows up and then the party's over that's really what he's saying here and so when you show up I don't care if you say anything you you can try not to act saved if you want to there's still going to be something about you you know it's God who's showing up as the witness in you it's not what you say how you act oftentimes people say something like you don't even look right smoking that or saying that or you know if you try to cuss in front of your little friends or try to drink beers and carouse around you don't even look right when you're doing that you know God can show up and reveal himself through you and you don't even have to say anything well if it's news write it down this is news I found this out today (laughs) Bible says we're open epistles known and read of all men you can't hide who you are I mean come on now y'all let's get with it here if the world hated him it's going to hate you so he said don't try to make friends with the world don't lower yourself to their level trying to get along with them trying to be like them trying oh i don't want to turn them off i'm going to dress like they do i'm you know this kind of stuff oh don't go through that please god will show up on you so big time it'll hurt your feelings Uh, you still look like a christian with some worldly stuff on you just look like a masquerader so let's just take the mask off be who god called you to be and let's stop the dumb because you'll never stop the persecution his spirit's in you you're his his ambassador you're his child you're his disciple whether you want to be or not so you might as well get with the program and so he says if you were of the world the world would love you because they love their own he said but because you are not of the world all right we need to say that to ourselves 15 times i am not of the world says but i have chosen you out of the world you used to be a part of that but i chose you and pulled you out so you're not of them anymore and i've caused such a major change in you that you'll never be of the world again Huh? We'll never be that again. 
I see that you know it's, it's, you look at it sometimes when you look at uh, uh, Christians who get a little prominent. You know they, you know they're, they're either entertainment or or preaching or something like that. They get on television. They get a little prominent. And you'll see every now and then they'll do something goofy in their dress or their speech or something to try and, and bridge that. You know, get over in there. Not look so, I don't want to turn anybody off. I want to do this. But they look even the more foolish because they've already been bought and sealed and stamped with something that God's in control of. He's in control of your witness. He's in control. The Holy Spirit is in control of when he comes uh, on your words or when the words that he gives you to say. You know, sometimes you can be saying something just every day and all of a sudden the person will look at you real strange. And I always knew that. So, uh-oh, he showed up again. You know, he, he put a punctuation mark on that word. That wasn't me. He got right through there on what I was saying and said something. And I learned to thank God for that. Because I learned that there was a purpose that I was here for that was beyond my ability to plan it, above beyond my ability to control it, uh, beyond my ability to uh, to kind of determine the results of it. There was something bigger uh, that was going on in my life than what I knew about, and so the best thing to do is just accept it and roll with it. You know, just go with it and and don't try to plan anything, plot anything or contrive anything uh, because God if you will yield to him he knows what to do and and where he wants you positioned so he says the world is going to hate you you used to be a part but now you're not a part and so many times you know if you've got friends from the world or something like that they they stay on edge around you because they don't know when that thing's going to come on you you understand what I say? They don't know when that's going to pop up on you. And, uh, you know, or I used to have people say things like that. Well, I'm not talking, talking about that right now. I want to talk. I said, no, I only talk one way. They want to get down and dirty and just, you know, me let them complain and go carry on and carry on. And I can't give you the word. Really? I'm going to sit. I got to sit and listen to you for a half hour talk about nonsense, nothing, complaining about people, but I can't give you the word. I don't think so. In fact, I think I'll give you the word first and cut this short. Let's cut this short. (laughs) Well, pray and get this over with because I don't think I need to want to hear all of that stuff. And so people all, you know, the enemy always wants to pull you back into the world. Silence your witness, kill your witness, shoot your witness, whatever he can do to get rid of that witness, that's what he wants to do. And so Jesus said that, you know, the world is going to hate you. And in verse 20 says, remember the word that I said to you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If we think everybody that we meet is going to love us and, you know, endear themselves to us and want to be around us all the time, he says, think again. That would make you more than me. He says, you're not above me. In fact, he says, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. So Jesus says there's two things that can happen here in your life and as you witness. They will either hate your words or they'll hold on to them and they will love your words. And we've all experienced both of them. We've, we've given that drink of water 
to somebody who was thirsty and they held on to that word and they loved that word but then we've also tried to share Christ with people or or you know I, I can tell you one area you're really going to get uh, um <laughs> doused you know the, the pan of hot water on you is when you talk to a believer about healing or talk to a believer who's not spirit filled about praying in tongues you you get more heat there sometimes you get from the world a lot of times people in the world will be polite to you but they don't want your god you know i'll ask people i said well do you want to you want to pray and make christ just well i'm fine with my life i like my life the way it is i'm not ready yet you know that kind of thing and so you just say well god i shared your word with them get them ready you know bring the next laborer you know down the road or whatever but you know you will oftentimes have people that just really don't want to come they're not under enough conviction for their sin no and to be honest with you we're kind of living in a realm or, or in a an era where we have i if i can call it that a convictionless conversion with people we don't preach sin and judgment and and eternal damnation and a fate for sinners anymore we kind of tell them about a happy life you know why don't we make Pharrell the Pope or something you know what I'm saying if we're just going to teach people to be happy all the time you know there's no there's no sense of of Jesus is my way to escape eternal damnation that I deserve for my sinful life you know people we don't allow people to put that all together uh, the way the church has traditionally been built upon you know in revival that's all that's ever preached you know you make people come in touch with their sinfulness and their unrighteousness and you offer them the lifeline you know what I'm saying you don't get a lifeline for living a good life you get one for living a sinful life and so we have to bring people into a conviction and only the Holy Spirit can do that only he can do that and so if we can preach the gospel the way Jesus told us to we'll get our fair share of people who want the Lord and we'll get our share of people who don't want it put it off don't want to hear that and but they move on down the line I remember having people uh, tell me about the Lord in 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 their own way. I'll put it to you that way uh, for several years before I got saved, and I just didn't feel, you know, moved by what they say. I heard what they said, but there was nothing to move me. But when my life got to be so bad, you know, as far as what I felt I wanted out of life, that's when I really started to think about God and think about what I really was doing with my life and if that was approving uh, proving to God but I thank God for the people that witnessed to me at least they were sowing seeds where my mind would turn a little bit toward it and then turn back again and so when you start to minister for God and you start to share Christ with people you're going to get these reactions from people but uh, all in all the world is not our home we're, we're never going to be 100% comfortable here we're never going to adopt this place as a permanent place of residence number one because the world is on its way to destruction and i know we hear that all the time and people say oh what's it's so bad in the world it's always been bad in the world well it's going to get worse you know the bible bears that out and so this world is on its way to destruction so this isn't going to be anybody's permanent home 
everybody's going to have to leave here at some time because the world will not be here as we know it uh, anymore. And so we have to keep those things in mind. We're living in a temporary place, in a place in time, and God has a purpose for our being here. And so Jesus goes on to tell them that they will persecute you. And he says also, he says, if I had not, verse 22, if I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had, uh, and had not had sin, but now, but now they have no cloak for their sin. So we're living in a time and an age where people are doing wrong and know they're wrong. And they're in, and they're sitting here waiting for somebody to help them put this all together. And that's the believer. That's us. We are the people who can help them understand their place in this sinful world. That they don't have to uh, die a fate uh, of eternal damnation. But Jesus has provided a rescue for them and a life for them to live while they're down here on earth. And so Jesus tells them all of the things that will be against them but in verse 26 he says there is a comforter that I am going to send to you and this is what the believer really uh, this is where we live for for most most the best intents and purposes you always have the Holy Spirit as not only your comforter your guide your teacher uh, he is everything to you as you live on this earth he's your protector and so you're not here defenseless you're you're not here comfortless you're not here as an orphan you're not here without family you're not left uh, to your own devices when you live for Christ but he has sent someone here who will keep you and he says when the comforters come whom I will send to you from the father even the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he shall testify of me the fact that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the father means he is not of this world either Okay, you don't have a comforter who was built in this world and lives off this world's. You know, you got better, and this is better than uh, fourteen bodyguards. You know, in your entourage, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because your comforter is not of this world; it's a supernatural comforter. And he says, he'll testify of me, which means that his words will agree with my words. The word and the spirit always agree. And he says he and you also shall bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So he says we are going to come together on earth as a family. The father, the son and the Holy Spirit and the believers he said and we are all going to work together in this hostile world. that's not your home and this environment that hates you but you will be insulated from it because of the protection that you will see. See the greater one lives in us and the greater one guides us, protects us, helps us, tells us what to say. He's everything to us. And so as we get to know the Holy Spirit and make friends with him as a comforter, then we have everything we need. You can be on loan to the world because of the Holy Spirit. You can definitely be on loan to the world and it not bug you one little bit. In fact, you can have a very, very joyful life because Jesus said, I'm telling you these things so that your joy can be fulfilled. It can be complete. My joy can be in you. 
And so that's what keeps us going and that's what keeps us getting through. Is that the Holy Spirit is able to infuse us with the life of God. And the fruit of the Spirit to live off of. We live off of a different fruit. The world lives off natural things. We live off supernatural things. The world lives off temporal things. We live off eternal things. So the things that we are doing... In God and for God will be here long after this world is gone. So we here, we really here uh, as ambassadors have to work in a compressed amount of time to get eternal things done. And so there's an urgency there that we feel sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes upon us to to take this moment, take this opportunity in this moment right now to say what God would have you to say or to do what God would have you to do or to speak the things that God or to give uh, your resources for God at this time right now because now is the time that it's needed in the earth because you don't have forever. And so uh, the Bible says the enemy uh, comes in great wrath because his time is short so the devil knows we have a short time believers should know we have a short time as well so we should there should come in our spirits this urgency to speak uh, you know when when you happen upon somebody in the conversation starts to get around to the things of God you know as they often do uh, when you talk to people uh, then you follow through on what God has you to say you don't put it off for another time or you don't uh, shrug your shoulders or something like that and think it can be done later uh, there's always this urgency in us as believers to say these things now while we have an opportunity to say them even though you might see the person again uh, there's this this um, this impetus that, that drives us and, and forces those words out uh, because those words have to be spoken in a span of time so that the hearer can come in uh, to a knowledge of God and we can get the work of the ministry done that God wants us to do and so our work here as ambassadors is to make disciples of all men invite others in to the same goodness in God that we enjoy and to make that available to them uh, so that they know that God loves them and, and make that attractive to them so that they can you know uh, it's it's kind of like just be yourself in God just be who God called you to be and that's more than sufficient for your situation where you are never feel reluctant to share Christ with somebody because you don't know if, if you're saying it right or if you said the right thing uh, you know whatever you share with them is a lifeline you know and and if there's more that's needed let God take care of that you know Jesus is still the head of the church and he takes care of all things so there is a worldly lifestyle that's promoted and sometimes it will compete with the things of God's kingdom you know many times as Christians our lives look kind of boring and bland and dull to to outsiders uh, but I'm telling you there's a spiritual side to every human being that when that side gets exposed they know who can fill it people will say sometimes things like you know um, 
You always seem to be so pleasant. You never seem to have a bad day. You always seem to have a laugh and a smile for people. And they'll want to be around you for that reason. Well that's a witness in itself. See that's a a lifeline to people. That's an encouragement to people. The fact that your words have a certain fruit on them and a certain uh, taste for in people's uh, minds and in their hearts there's something that feeds them that comes from you is is a witness in itself because there are many people in life that we run into and and others we know run into them um, they don't want to see those people you know what I'm saying like when the boss comes and wants to talk to you you're always nervous because you're sure it's going to be bad news you know what I'm saying even though you haven't done anything wrong and there are people in others lives that affect them that way but when the believer comes on the scene if you're really living in Christ and you're really living in the spirit and you're who you are you allow yourself to be who God created you to be uh, as his ambassador as the one he sent you here to be a witness for him before other people and you get comfortable with that you start accepting that that's my role you know whether I'm old young uh, fat skinny tall short in between somewhere if I'm black white blue green whatever color God has placed me here right the way I am right where I am to affect people for his kingdom and just accept that and be comfortable with it don't keep trying to modify yourself because I'm telling you the world will try and lose you over into doing things its way the world is always trying to get Christians to compromise on our message so the things of this world is is pertain to selfishness and carnality and they'll appear to our senses but the focus of the kingdom is on things that are above where God lives the righteousness peace and joy of the Holy Spirit if you can bring peace into a person's life you've done a great thing if you can bring hope and encouragement to somebody you have done a great thing you see many of the motivational speakers that we have now are trying to give false fruit to people you know their fruit comes out of the soul you know it's an emotional thing mainly but they are taking our message and kind of hijacking our message because our message is to bring hope and encouragement at least to keep you going another day you know that's that's how we live as believers we go from day to day we go from week to week in the hope and encouragement of God and, and we don't have to promise you a big mansion down here on earth we don't have to promise you a lot of money down here on earth but our message has more to do with satisfying the human condition satisfying your soul satisfying your spirit building you up so that you feel good about your relationship between you and God good about your family relationship you have hope and encouragement for uh, future people in your home to be peaceful as well your children to get off of drugs your family to be reconciled those kinds of things are the things that our message includes and so our message reflects that our kingdom is not of this world we we live in a kingdom of a righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit and that's what we have to offer we don't need to offer anything more we don't need to offer uh, you know great things to people that have to do with this temporal life we can offer them the things that the covenant provides 
Jesus provides for us to be healed. He provides for our souls to be healed. He provides for contentment. And he provides for wealth. If you will set your hand to it you will succeed. But the things that we bring forth first are the things that pertain to the kingdom above. Are you peaceful? If not we can we can pray for that god will provide that to you are you do you feel loved do you feel wanted do you feel encouraged do you feel those those things that make for personal contentment those are the things that we provide in the kingdom and they are very very valuable we provide in our kingdom in our message the things that this world can never provide the world can never provide peace or contentment because the world's always stirring you up to want more you know that Satan's kingdom is built on uh, getting you getting your eyes focused on things you don't have and making you heart sick because you don't have them God's kingdom provides an assurance of things to come and good things to come and you have contentment while you're waiting and you can work for him while you're waiting and so our kingdoms are totally opposite of one another they provide totally different things but you and I should never be ashamed to offer what God has placed in us to those in need because we think that it's not what they need or it's not enough for them you understand what I'm saying it's always enough and more than enough and God knows what people need he knows that that our our uh, problem is not that we don't have enough money our problem is not that we don't have enough friends or we you know we don't have this or we don't have that in a material sense but our our condition improves as we receive what God offers and that is the righteousness peace and joy of the Holy Spirit and that is more than sufficient for for all of our needs i remember when i was first saved it was because i i was suffering from a severe depression and material things just didn't bother me you know i i would that wasn't what i needed and i knew it so any message that would have come to me and told me that god was going to make me rich would have fallen on deaf ears because that was not my need and i knew it and so when you're in need of of what the kingdom of god has to offer and we all are you are acutely aware that your lack materially is not really the problem you're aware of that you're aware that your lack in any other material sense is not the problem you're aware that what you need is what you need from God <clears throat> so our kingdom is not of this world Jesus said that in John chapter 18 as he was being examined by Pontius Pilate and it's interesting Pilate was was interested because the religious people had turned Jesus in they accused him of religious uh, breaking religious laws well at that time uh, Rome ran the whole world so you couldn't even have your own court system without Caesar intervening in it he had to have a hand in everything so Jesus told him in, in uh, John 18 did I say verse 36 he says my kingdom is not of this world Jesus answered my kingdom is not of this world he said if my kingdom were of this world then my servants would fight to get me out of your hands and out of your control that I would not be delivered to the Jews but now is my kingdom not from here and 
Pilate's questioning and further saying you know uh, you say they say you're a king Uh, and Jesus said they say that I'm a king to this end I was born and for this cause I came into the world that I should bear witness to the truth everyone that is it is of the truth hears my voice and so he goes off on Pilate in a direction that Pilate really doesn't understand but he's puzzled by it but what Jesus says here is very important he says my kingdom is not of this world now if we love the world then our main focus and all our energy all our fighting would be spent on things pertaining to the world you're fighting for a job promotion you're fighting for status you're fighting for goods you're fighting for a lifestyle you want the biggest car the best thing the best this the best that i remember when when christians you know back in the old days of christianity you were ashamed to boast about the world's goods you know but now we do it freely you know uh, god told me i was going to get a mercedes and you know that kind of thing but uh, years gone by that was not our conversation you see how it's changed you see how subtle it is Uh, you know the bible says if you have faith have it between yourself and god you know you don't boast about the things that this world offers and i'll tell you why it for people who are weak in the faith it will cause them to stumble so we have to be careful how we share with whom we share and make our boast in god and not of the things of this world in any way if God blesses you with something and you like certain things you know have a good time with them but don't make them your boast and don't make them your focus uh, because our focus should always be on God and the things that he has us here for the things of this world are secondary you cannot take them with you you didn't come into this world with them you won't be able to take them out they're just for your use here while you're here in this earth you know I, I when my husband passed away I had to figure out what kind of house to get and I kept thinking you know downsize upsize downsize upsize downsize I was getting slapped around by downsize and upsize and I couldn't couldn't really get a focus on what I was supposed to be doing except that I knew that I wanted to build a a, a building so we could keep our vehicles in we at that time wasn't and will again have uh, two buses and a bunch of trailers and all kinds of stuff and we got vans and stuff to because we travel a lot in this ministry and so uh, you know we we just needed that well anything I found with that it usually had a little old farmhouse with it it was just junky property and the only property I found that had a house had a large house on it and I felt that God was saying to get that now if it were just for me trust me I could because I'm not going to go that far anyway I'm getting up you know thousand square feet and i'm on one floor and i'm cool but the the issue of the storage and all those other things came into play and i'm so thankful that god led me there because then you see what god is doing kingdom wise 
see if I didn't have that home we wouldn't have a place for people to stay when they came down ministry people came down to Ohio to to do the meetings we have down there from time to time and vice versa and so I wouldn't have a large enough kitchen to cook our fellowship meals and so forth and so on and so God knows what he wants you to have and trust me I would be happy with less but God said more I can see where now it's an investment because property values always go up you understand you don't know how long you're going to live I may live long enough to sell that cash it in and <laughs> and change my hair and go somewhere y'all don't know me <laughs> no I'm just messing with you okay? testing to see where your heart is and is it on here though you know <laughs> Though I had a little joke going with the nieces and nephews, they were going to go to Las Vegas. You know, uh, the camps have some relatives. You know, a couple relatives that live relatives that live out there. It's always a story. They oh, I got a cousin out there. Did you see your cousin? Who? Yeah, right. (laughs) But anyway. They were just begging me and Pastor Shirley to go with them. I said, do you realize if I went to Las Vegas, I said, I haven't been there since I was a sinner. I said, there's a sinner person waiting out there to grab me when I get off that airplane. I said, she ain't going to be pastor nobody. You understand me? <laughs> she going to be high roller bar. <laughs> Sitting there with a shade. On. <laughs> I'll be called back to sell the house. Sell the <laughs> I said, no, you don't want me to go there. All right. There's some things you just don't tempt thyself with. So, but anyway, <laughs> but in John 18, Jesus, my kingdom is not of this world. He said, and he means that. Jesus never wanted the world's goods. He never sought after the world's goods. He did some things that were totally uh, contradictory to somebody who was after the world's goods. If you wanted money and you wanted to be rich as a preacher, you wouldn't appoint a thief in charge of your money. But that's just what he had. Judas was a thief. And he was always watching what it went into that bag and talking about money. Oh, they could have sold it. See, you know, she looking at she she gave him that ointment, spilled all that ointment on him because you know this tied to this world. You see what I'm saying? People who talk about money all the time are very much tied into this world. He didn't talk about money all the time. He talked about the kingdom. He talked about the kingdom. You understand me? And so we understand then that his kingdom is not of this world. And if we love the world, we'll fight for position, status, goods, lifestyle. All that we own would go into things. Just a small amount that we give to God cuts into the devil's share of the world's goods. So when you think about giving to God, think about the damage that it does to this worldly kingdom that that Satan runs here. Think about the takeaway that it does there. And so little by little we can dismantle Satan's kingdom by soaking what we have into God's kingdom. That's that's where it benefits us the most. And so that's why Satan fights us in our giving, our seed sowing, fights us in prayer, reaching out, fights us in, in staying alert and awake when the word goes forth, witnessing all of that. Because he sees the damage that it does to this current world and what this world values. And that if, if he feels like this, well if all the Christians start giving their money to 
to God what am I going to do you see what I'm saying so it sends him into shock and that's why he tries to send us into shock when we make decisions to go God's way so we also need to declare continually that our kingdom is not of this world as a reminder to ourselves whose we are and whom we serve every day my kingdom is not of this world father keep me unspotted from the world keep me untainted from the world one of the main reasons why uh, we we get this desire for the things of the world is because the enemy is constantly stealing from us lack causes hunger you got me Lack causes hunger. You find children who grow up in homes where where they're not well provided for. That thought of lack, they seem always to be hungry or wondering about where the next meal is coming from or concerned about it. So lack will develop a certain level of hunger on the inside of us. That's why the Bible says if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, that you guaranteed will get filled. Anything else, you know, comes from, from the carnal side of man so if you lust for for uh, money or you lust for um, uh, attention from people those things are not guaranteed to be filled by God you just have to let those die but if you lust for the right things and you long for the right things and you hunger for the right things God promises that you will be fulfilled and that's a great thing because you can live a full life even with very little in a material sense you know you can walk into a room and, and people will think you're the happiest person the most joyful person the one who has the most to offer and you might not have much in a material sense but they would never know it from the way you live and the way you appear to them so therein is where the great uh, uh, I guess the great uh, prize in the earth or surprise in the earth uh, because we have this great wealth living and dwelling on the inside of us and it may not always be reflected in how we live materially in John 17 it says the world is against us amen John 17 let me see verse 14 that I want here it says yeah where it says the world has hated us we went over that and the world is always against us so don't forget that we are against the world also amen we don't want their lifestyle we don't want their problems we don't want anything that the world has to offer but then we offer the world something and that's the escape from where from the problems of this life we can uh, uh, move in the power of God to remedy the world's problems we can offer wisdom and knowledge against what they have to uh, have to endure and we can offer them a safe haven in the kingdom we are really truly ambassadors for Christ so we differ greatly from the world in in what we seek what we promote what we put first and Luke 12 Jesus tells us how to stay close to him and how to manage our lives how to make sure that we're totally provided for and Luke chapter 12 and verse I think I'll start in 28 12 verse 30 31 the disciples are talking about 
being concerned about things you know and and Jesus wants to talk about uh, how we can take care of our anxiety over things that we lack or or things that we feel that we need out of life of course we all have material needs we have to live here we all are going to have house payments we're going to have utilities to pay we're going to have clothing that we need to buy got to have transportation to get to a job and he honors those as concerns but he lets us know also that we're a different breed of people that we we can we can believe that those things are taken care of already and not spend so much time pursuing them and I think that's really the essence of, of God's kingdom living that we can can live in a place where we understand that provision is there and it would always be there we can draw from God's storehouse we can draw he has given us rules to live by that keep a continual flow of supply and blessing in our lives but we don't have to let that be our main focus I think I, I could say it that way that that you it is possible to live in a realm of faith where you uh, take it on God's word that 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 the provision is there that the provision is coming that the provision won't be late that the provision will be abundant that it all of that you can believe is there already and then you can keep your main focus on the pursuits of God's kingdom and I think that's where he ideally wants us to live and so he tells us to take no thought for what you're going to eat what you're going to drink what you're going to wear he said the more you think about that the more it's going to tie you in to the world system see he says all of those things the heathens think about all the time they're worried about them all the time and whenever there's a movement there you know one way or the other uh, they're moved you know if if you get a, a your gas bill goes up fifty dollars in a month you get moved you know uh, if you're um, uh, something breaks down in the house you get moved well he's, he wants us to live in a place where we're not moved by these things and you can live there because the Bible promises that because if he says take no thought for them because you've got somebody who's already thinking about them for you he says the father knows what you have need of already even before you ask you mean it's not news to God when I pray no it's not news to him when you pray he knew you were going to pray about this or he knew you'd be concerned about it because he knows he keeps up with everything just like your parents and you know if you live at home with your parents they know when your shoes are wearing out they're wearing out at the same rate they wore out last time they bought you new shoes you know sometimes they'd be shocked they last you this long you got me and so they're aware all the time because they are with you all the time they're providing for you and they're keeping up with things and so it's no surprise to God when we have needs but we need to know that the provision is already made it's not he's not waiting to hear from you and then deciding he got to decide if he's going to give it to you and decide what it's going to look like decide there's no decision on his part God makes a one time decision for us for provision and that's it's over with it's right. after that is just sending it to you he can only send it to you if you believe him to do it and that's where the prayer comes in you have to ask so that your faith is exercised in what you do 
You know, many times people say, well, why do I have to pray if God already knows? He can't get it to you without your permission. Prayer is more permission for God to put it in your hands than it is for him deciding to give it to you. You don't pray thinking God's got to make the decision. You pray because the decision's already been made. Your faith must be involved in everything you do, folks, or, or God can't honor that prayer and he can't get it to you. So really the praying is more so that you can use your faith to give God permission to send it to you. Your prayer says in your driveway, not your neighbors. That's why you pray. So that it's not just a blanket gift sending out send out to anybody your prayer makes it specific to come into your life same thing with everything that we ask God for if you want a job you don't want your neighbor to get your promotion you want it to come to you so this is why you ask because so that it can your prayer opens your heart to receive what God has for you that's why it's necessary so it's not right to say you're going to go through life expecting God to do things for you and never exercise any faith for it Sometimes your faith can be as simple as God I thank you for my daily bread today. I thank you that you're going to meet every need that I have according to your glorious riches. I thank you that I will not have any lack today in Jesus name. I thank you that everything that I have today is going to be provided for by you. And just stick with that and believe that. And, and be obedient in the areas in everything you do toward God's ways. And you'll be able to see that continual provision uh, come in. So he tells us don't be concerned. He said if God will so clothe the grass which you know or the flowers in the fields and they're so beautiful but they wither and die in one day. He said how much more will he clothe you? And we have to get that concept in our minds of an abundant God who wants to bless you abundantly. And if you get the right concept of your God, certainly you will be at peace with him. Your faith will work and you'll always have abundance in your provision. And so he says, you know, get it right in your mind who you're serving. His kingdom is not of this world. He's got another source for you. And that source is up in heaven where he can manage things for you. And he says, but seek rather the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And don't fear because it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. See, don't don't have any doubt. Don't have any fear about what God is going to provide for you. And he says this. He says, take what you have and give it to God and lay up treasure in heaven so you'll always have something coming back. And so there's a system right there. Not just asking and believing, but start sowing seeds and laying up treasure in heaven. Lay up your prayers in heaven. Find somebody else to pray for. Find nations to pray for. When we have our prayer on Saturday we pray for all kinds of needs. And to be honest with you I haven't seen many people in this ministry with lack. If they do lack it's corrected very quickly. Because God honors what we do for others. In your giving give what you have to the Lord. He only for the most part in the Bible he's only Ask for a tenth, you understand, on a consistent basis. And so, you know, there are other things to give besides. But that's a small token 
of what he's already given us. He's given us the major portion of things so that we can richly enjoy our lives. So God's really not a taker. He's not a giver. And he will bless us with more besides. And so if we seek the kingdom in his righteousness, we will be greatly different from the world around us. People in the world around us are seeking things, what they can have for themselves, how much they can uh, uh, keep for self, you know, how they can adorn themselves uh, with certain things and, and all of this. And so if we will seek his kingdom, then we'll be able to know how God will bless us and know the rules to follow uh, so that he'll bless us there are certain rules in the kingdom that must be respected if these blessings are going to come to us and come to us continually we see things a natural person will never see if you're in God's kingdom you you have the advantage of knowledge and understanding things far beyond what the natural person will ever know and understand and so this will open you up to some persecution as well you know you know you get accused of sometimes your your uh, non-spiritual or your carnal friends well you think you know everything and why does it have to be your way all the time and why do you you know talk like that like you you're superior to everybody because you have the advantage of the knowledge of God's kingdom which is far above anything that's on this earth so you know these things make us different folks these things make us on loan to the world because we we live in a different totally different realm you have the advantage of understanding when you tell somebody I'm going to pray for you you know God is going to answer that prayer and that's definite there's no wavering and that's what upsets the devil and his people they don't like it when you say let me pray for you because God wants to heal you they hate that they like it when somebody says well uh, maybe God might do and maybe well me you know a, a bunch of controversy and discussion see that's what the world likes they like it to be an iffy proper proposition they like it to be up in the air somewhere so that the devil has an opportunity to get in there and really damage somebody and so we we are people because we are ambassadors of these kingdoms we of his kingdom we speak with authority we speak with confidence we know our words are backed up by God and that totally sets us apart from from any other people that have ever come on the face of the earth so we can see things the natural person never sees we know it's existing now don't get me wrong we're not in denial about anything that's going on in this this realm we know it's here but we know other things too we know that this will not last we know it's only temporary we know that God put us here to remove it and eradicate it and get rid of it and so when you speak from that realm there are lots of of enemies of that kind of talk you know there are all kinds of enemies to that kind of talk and so we we need to understand these persecution issues are always going to be there for us so we understand and know things by faith that the natural person doesn't know we see God in his presence we know our God is a God of love and a God of mercy we can also see the future and we have a certain future in Christ you're not wondering 
you know uh, where are you going to go and you're not looking for Uncle Joe who passed away you know a few years ago and trying to get him to talk to you again you're, you're certain about your future you're, you know you can get an assurance in your heart about loved ones that are passed away you know I know my husband's in heaven you know God reassured me of that when my husband got saved and so you know <laughs> my job was just don't mess it up till you know what I'm saying yeah, I mean that's that's the way we live as believers so we have a certain future we know the future the world doesn't know what we know doesn't know what we know that's why they're always trying to get some information like from the mediums and psychics and all that kind of stuff that's a worldly pursuit that's worldly people trying to get in touch with the other world and they never get it they don't get it from God in other words but we as believers can put them in touch with almighty God so the world doesn't know a lot of what we know if we seek the kingdom first though and allow God to provide our needs we have immunity from the pull of the world see you have a lock on God's provision in your life you don't need the world system you don't need the world's anything you know that God is superior to anything in this world and he will give you your share of what's down here and then some so when we rise up and focus on God we find out what he has planned for us you know in the morning when you get up you focus on God and find out what he's got planned for your day that's what seeking the kingdom first really is you know you wake up with worship you wake up to read your word you wake up to focus on God you know many times people wake up with just enough time to get out of the door and and grab a quickie scripture somewhere on the radio or something like that we need to acknowledge God you know just his leadership for that day God I thank you for getting me up this day what do you have in store for me today and I put you in charge of my day and and I'm following you I'm putting me in my footsteps I'm going to follow you etc etc and God will provide for that day's activities everything that you need for that day to go well God puts it there for you it's just that acknowledgement put him in charge first thing and then flow in those steps and and see what God has for you it's like he told the disciples when he sent them out to witness don't take any money you know just trust me go by faith and, and do what I tell you to do they sought him first and they were able to uh, live a, a, a productive life in God all the days of their lives. And that's, that's really what you care about. You don't care about material possessions. You're going to leave them here when you leave. So you spend your life accumulating just to leave. You know, And it's nice if you can leave them to family members and relatives and you know, in-laws and outlaws. Whoever you think you want to leave them to. But, but uh, it's nice, it's better still to take treasure with you. You know, have reward waiting for you in heaven when you get there. So we can live every day for God. God will put us in positions to be prosperous, successful, bear fruit, all of this. 2 Corinthians 5.20 tells us that we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. So that lets you know right there that your kingdom is not of this world. 
An ambassador really is someone, an official or an envoy, a diplomatic agent of the highest rank. Okay, so ambassadorship is a diplomatic uh, rank of the highest rank. And that person has uh, been placed in that position by a foreign government or by a sovereign. So whatever type of government it is, if it's a king or ruler, you are placed in that position by the highest ranking person in your government. And so we are ambassadors because we have been given this mandate by the highest ranking person in the world. And that is the the God of this world. He says here in verse 20, Now we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead that you be reconciled to God. That's what ambassadors go about doing. They have a work that they're called to do. We are called to the ministry of reconciliation. So Paul says as ambassadors for Christ we are petitioning you to be reconciled to God. We petition everybody to be reconciled to God. And so we are telling people that they can come out of sin and live in righteousness. That's what an ambassador does. We take them out of this world and pull them over into the kingdom. See we have an ambassadorship that is not like any other. Because ambassadors typically in foreign countries don't recruit for that country. They're there to give a a positive image of that country. They're there to explain the laws of that country. They're there also to minister to others that are of that country. So that they can can offer asylum. They can offer a place just like home to people who are away from home. And that's what we as believers are. That's why we have church. That's why we have meetings. We offer a home away from home to those who are away from their home. So you 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 live in this world but heaven's your home. So you need a place where you can come for asylum. So you don't have to be bothered by the world. Can we please get away from the world for our few hours a week. So that we can worship our God in the way that we know we love worshiping him. And that's part of being an ambassador. It's, It's offering that haven and that sanctuary for people who are of of your country when you meet other Christians you know it's good to to understand find a place of connection with them a fellowship if I go to another church or go and minister someplace else I never feel like I don't belong there I'll find somebody who speaks my language in God you know what I'm saying and so even in places where they're a little not so much like you you know what I'm saying as far as knowledge and understanding but you can find that connection there some way as a bridge and then you bring them into unity with your message or or whatever it is you're sent for and that's what we do as ambassadors we are the highest ranking officials on the earth that's why the devil's always trying to put us down if he can work to make you believe you're less than who you are then you're not effective for God If he can make you believe you're more than what you are, you're not effective for God. So the best thing to do is stay in connection with God. That's how you always know who you are. So we are authorized representatives and messengers. And we are authorized to do something that other governments never authorize their ambassadors to do. And that is to apprehend citizens of this world and bring them over into the kingdom.
And that's what makes it fought. You see what I'm saying? There's a violence there that the world has to permit. They can't stop it. Nobody can stop you from sharing Christ with somebody. Nobody. When God ordains it, it's going to happen. I don't care where you are. I don't care whose government. I don't care who's in charge of that government there. What they think. Nobody can stop you from doing that. We are the only ambassadors who are allowed to turn the world that we live in upside down. We're a disruptive force down here. Amen. In Acts chapter 17 you see that. Why don't you turn there for a minute. That will be our last scripture. Acts 17 and verse 6. He says these are those that have turned the world upside down. Amen. And they were afraid of Christians coming to their cities. He says this. When they found them out they drew Jason and certain other brethren into the rulers of that city crying. These have turned the world upside down and have come here also. So we heard about y'all already. You got a reputation already. All Christians have a reputation already. That's why the devil's always trying to suck us over into his place. See he tries to lure us over into his kingdom to flatten and dilute our message because he knows that we have rights to apprehend all sinners and bring them over into the kingdom. We can apprehend backsliders and bring them back over to the kingdom. We can apprehend anybody that God gives us permission to and pull them over into his kingdom. And so and and it says the kingdom allows violence. And the violent take it by force. And so by force of our words, by force of the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit, we apprehend and arrest people out of their torment and hell that they live in because Satan runs this world. And so we're the only ambassadors allowed to do that apprehension and and, uh, uh bringing people over into a new kingdom, giving them citizenship in another country while you're in that country. You got me? And so we're allowed that and that's why the enemy will fight us so much. But you've got to remember as long as we are on loan to this world we must occupy until he comes. We've got to continue to bear fruit. When Jesus started off in in John 17 he says if you abide in me and my word abides in you. He said the father will do anything you ask. He said you can can produce fruit that remains for me. That's why I'm leaving you here. He said but I'm not leaving you uh, comfortless. He said I'm sending help for you. You have all the help that you need. You have help to protect you. You have help to apprehend others. You have help to convert others. So as long as we are in this world we are not of this world. But we can do great and mighty things. And so I'm, I'm just encouraging myself and encouraging you. Let's get out and do some great and mighty things for God. Amen. Let's, we're not waiting on anything. God's waiting on us to, to give him the green light to open the door for us to do those things and and I know that we can amen he'll help us amen praise God father we thank you for your word and for understanding we thank you Lord for blessing us with your word and father I thank you that your word (coughs) will will follow us this week let this word really 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 make sense to us more and more we thank you we love you we want to help 
and what we need to do. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise.